Nous avons fait ce spectacle pour pouvoir nous exprimer sans filtre, pour vraiment partager des idées et des pensées avec nos invités et les membres de la communauté. C'est la radio Stapé et merci d'avoir choisi de nous écouter alors que nous entendons notre deuxième saison. Stapé Radio. Stapé Radio, we're back with another episode. Um, today we got good friend, creative consultant. We got Uluyanda in the building. Uluyanda, how are you doing today? I, I know you said you're sick, but how, how are you feeling about this episode today? I'm good, man. Excited about the episode, of course. But yeah, it's my third time back. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Shit. I was thinking it was your second time back. Like, yeah, oh, I forgot. Nah, it's third. Third. Yeah. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Big friend of the show. Big homie. Yeah. Big supporter. Big influence. Big, you know, you know how <laughs> yeah, we roll. <laughs> influence um, is a strong word, but yeah. <laughs> today we got a very interesting topic, you know, one that I spoke about a couple episodes back and said, like, I want to do something like this. Um, we're basically trying to honor V Virgil mm. Abloh uh, with this episode, um, and yeah, it's like really big. It's really special for us. I, I hope we can like at least you know scratch the surface and like talk about the shit that we experienced from afar. You know, um, yeah. And yeah, Leander, let's just kick it off. Like, what do you remember yeah. most about Virgil from afar? You know, yeah. Where to start, bro? Where to start? I mean, for every person that you could call a creative director or, or a, a stylist or, or whatever dudes are into, that surrounds either the fashion, going into the arts, 
music and even furniture he was like he was like a big inspiration to a lot of people and influence in terms of like design you know mm. so yeah bro this i can't i can't really point back and say yo this is what i really remember about the guy but it's tons because once you once 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 you become a fan of somebody you basically worship them and you study their every move where it even all started for them how they became the person that they were and then you basically start to build like your own philosophies around the type of person they are so yeah dog yeah for me it's for me virgil was and this is gonna sound blasphemous as fuck but that nigga to me was more influential than jesus (laughs) that's crazy (laughs) i mean i don't I don't, I don't like, like, yeah, I definitely understand, like, that. what does, what did Jesus do in the last 10 years for us? You know what I'm saying? You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Because, like, to an extent, back in the apartheid days, Mandela was, like, Jesus to people that were in that era. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because of the influence he had and the influence Virgil had on the creative industry is basically like jesus like some may argue and say yeah but it like if you if you take a deep dive then you know and you look back to when ye actually started being this dope because like when you go back to like um louis vuitton don like when ye came with the suits and like started really rocking louis vuitton with the heartbreaks virgil was already part of the team yeah, and the, pol- and the polo as well. Exactly, Virgil was already there, yabo, working mm. behind the scenes, working with the A in 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 behind 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 closed doors or whatever. Mm. But they were Donda, they were Donda Creates, yabo. It was him. It was HP. Yeah, Heron. HP. HP was a part of that team. Uh, yeah, Don C. yeah. Don C was, was Matthew. Jerry Lorenzo, Matthew Williams. Yeah. yeah, you know the whole camp. You know Please. what I'm saying? The school of yeah, and the names that you've just mentioned now, what they're doing is major. But of course, he kind of like oh, now was was yeah, man. He's the mm. he's the big dog. Um, I, I love that you you brought up um, how Umandela was uh, influential. You know, Mzansi M- because it it still plays a role in how complacent South Africans are with the state of you know things. To bring it down to South Africa, it was a thing for me of like, it clicked in my mind when you say that because for us, it's designed and produced in a post-apartheid South Africa. It's the yeah. society, sorry. Um, mm. So when we say that, we're we're basically saying like, designed and produced okay, mm. in a post-apartheid South Africa. So in a time when we didn't understand what, a, what, a, what apartheid means to like our parents and our grandparents, you know? And it's basically like, Virgil was that designed and produced portion of it because he was so influential to what we're doing now. Um, and I was I was I was watching like a Bliss Foster uh, video today on YouTube. Bliss Foster is like a fashion um, reviewer on YouTube, and he was just saying, "Wootsy, for the next twenty years, Ian Gane are gonna look like Ian are gonna look up to Virgil, and he's a part of our, you know." Yeah. He's a part of he's a part of the culture now. He's a part he's you that he's that symbol. He's uh-huh. like yeah, he's going to be referenced a lot 
Yeah, you know he what brought I'm up saying? the fact that he brought up the fact one of Virgil's his Virgil's second to last year, I think show seven for Louis Vuitton was called yeah, the, Virgil uh, the, was, yeah. the 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 no not 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 that one the one before that one it's called the Amen the the Amen the break. Amen break yeah yeah, yeah 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 so you know how the Amen break is the most referenced is the most sampled sampled yeah song Mshaben like yeah it's almost it's in the it's in the subculture it's within the culture he was yeah. just saying like that's virgil for these kids for everyone that's coming up now virgil is in the cult like there's yeah. nothing air force one is the most worn shoe right now and that's because of one person you know yeah, yeah. nike is the biggest brand because of one person ever since that 10 collab came out a couple years back Niggas yeah. have not stopped wearing Nike the way they're doing now, bro. Um, sorry, to, sorry to cut you off, but like one thing I do like notice is that um, there's a like uh, I don't want to say like a trend, but like there's like a pretty decent amount of like old heads within like our space, you know, um, and that just like makes me think about like how we like always like embrace. I remember sitting with one of the homies and it was just like every like you know every kid that like v followed he followed because obviously he knows with them this nigga's got like an eye for like ta- like talent you know talent yeah 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 like he has this nigga's only got like 500 like followers but v's there like what does he know you know yeah like, Mm, like yeah like even like within like bringing it back to like us now the spaces we chill in there's always like those few old heads you know what is it like about the youth that like you know is you know getting them like i'm um, attracted to us because even one of the homies was saying good to like um people look down on him just because he like chose with the youth you know um his his peers don't take him seriously because he chose with like um young like young niggas you know you know what i'm saying yeah Mm. like yeah it just goes back to that point bro which he's always pushing the youth bro on some type of like listen to the kids bro you know what i'm saying yeah which is important yeah it it really is bro it really is like we like i feel like that's who i'm a mentors like are needed you know what i'm saying and like V was like a mentor for like everybody, bro. I was so shocked to see like how many like people he knew in the industry. Mm. Like I didn't even know like he was close with Peggy Goo. Like I don't know if you know Peggy Goo, the DJ. Yeah, the DJ, the yeah, the like the Asian DJ. People, people who don't even hold like high like um you know um like high like high like names and like um the industry. Even like mm. the people in like at the bottom bro like uba pete and he's mm. close with them as well like they have this sort of like relationship with them where like you know and i feel like that's why like um his death touched everybody you know yeah man yeah touched man. everybody because it was close to everybody in the industry you know what i'm saying in one way or another mm. yeah in one way um, or another a big point of it was like I was talking to like a good friend of mine and they, they were just speaking about like celebrity dynamics and like normal people. Like a lot of celebrities have like parasocial relationships with normal people. Parasocial meaning like they're social with you, but there's like this 
gap in between them and you and yeah it's very mm. obvious mm. and like they make it very obvious Wootsie, like they're the celebrity and you're the fan like when i hear when i was watching the 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 vogue video or like any video where the person knew virgil personally there wasn't mm. that thing Wootsie, like virgil was the celebrity and like it was just like a, a conversation between like two normal people like he didn't have that he was such like a down-to-earth person with everyone even oh. though his ideas were out of this world and that's crazy because um that's crazy because even like i mean that day i i i used to watch a lot of his interviews while he was still alive and i still do just like because he's had so many in like konamanya that you miss one that i recently watched was uh one that is is on his channel he did it with the guy that used to be the creative director yes supreme um i think his name is angelo buck buck yeah so yeah he's basically in there and they created like a zoom meeting involving like a lot of these people from around the world yeah students who are part of the postmodern scholarship program yeah 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 yeah, bro and it was just like the way he was talking the way he was interacting with everybody on such a normal way it's just like it's it's the whole thing of actually knowing what a human is and understanding people not and not and not not yeah basically not like encouraging celebrity culture about lendoguti hey i'm virgil now i can't be in a in a zoom meeting with a bunch of kids because i don't know i'm of that level now because even when the time to to for the students to ask questions came like it became a chaos because he literally opened up space for everyone he said who wants to ask a question and then everybody's mics and screens went on it's like virgil me 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 virgil me me it's like dude do you know who you are like you can't just say does anybody want a question also referencing the lecture he had at harvard where he was like who wants their shoe side and everybody threw shoes at him and he made an effort to sign like all the shoes and even when he was leaving i was like yo i can't sign all of them but if you catch me on the way out i'll do it and that's like crazy because like there's 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 way people speak about you and then there's also seeing it it's like yo this guy is really it and the fact that he actually documented all of it well most of it is 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 amazing dog which is why which is why he's one of the people I look up to a lot and like I I won't lie I will I would I would never reference Virgil's work with in my work because it would be very obvious and it's something that he grew up by but in a way I have referenced his philosophy and way of thinking and applied it to my perspective and then somehow morphed it into mine yeah bro cuz in the let me pila ngayo was just very inspirational his come up jfits was just crazy dog yeah bro from the donde days to the bintro days and then pyrex can we talk about pyrex <laughs> mm. hey dog 
and then Pyrex days, and then now transitioning to E Off White, and then changing E Off White into from streetwear to, to to luxury. That's crazy, dog. Bro, like, he really he really elevated Off White in a crazy yeah. way. Like niggas have never seen that. Like, well, you can credit to HBO. It's like it's HBO, HBA for being the first streetwear that turned luxury. Which is true to a sense, but the HBA fell off along the way and Off-White stuck. And Off-White basically became out of that group of like clothes that were going from streetwear to, to luxury. The Off-White became the one that's like prevalent and was basically in everybody's faces and was successful. And mm. that's just that's just like that's just like the come up, like him starting and him going and how is like what is achieved hey dog like that dude did his best in everything he did you want to talk yeah. about djing yeah. he was rolling with the best when it came to dj yeah yeah you know what i, I can, mean i can definitely agree with that statement he was doing the best in everything yeah. that he did like he did his best like everything was every little every, project was like i had to i had to excel in this you know what i'm yeah. saying like i was looking at the the that um that video you sent with him and skinny macho basically um preparing for the coachella um set like mm. he went as far as making like a, a poster just from phase one to like how he wants to end the show a poster bro just for mm. a set bro a poster pictures everything titles like you know he Magic. already had he already has like an idea of how he wants to approach everything bro the like, level of planning though that's bro. the level of planning that we're talking about would say like you can make like a board to like a4 and like bro, have it physically a4 freaking board bro talk about it and present it to other people so they could understand would say okay this is where we're gonna go from and this is where we're gonna take it you know Bro, yeah, the level of standing was like insane, bro. Like every every song he's playing right after another, he he has a reason why he's playing it. And Lapo, I caught on so much to that, like um, to like his whole idea, like basically where he plays like a song, um, like the first song, it should be like a song everybody like knows, or like a quite popular song, so that mm. you get like all the kids that like do mosh pits already like you know in the mm. first phase and then all those kids are gonna hype up all the other kids that you know weren't feeding the first song like you know so they basically feeding off the energy of like the kids that like you know do mosh pits and shit like I'm i sure. really i really took that shit bro like oh it's a damn that's like a great way to like you know like start a set or even that applying that mindset to a set so what's it damn i only get them from the first go bro and that should inspire me a lot bro i'm sure because virgil wasn't somebody who gate kept anything we can like also yeah. also part of this episode we can um we can link all the all the videos or all the references that we're talking about on the stab pay page um yeah for people to make to 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 see what we're talking about um yeah, yeah, yeah what yeah. what Kels is talking about right now is like that that's so important it goes i think for every project that he did big big not something where you could point to and be like damn this is how i want to do it and communicate with someone um mm. his idea clearly communicating mm. clearly his idea 
Um, and I think that's important for kids to actually like put something down and write it down or do something, you know, when you're planning out a project, when you want to do something creatively, it mustn't just stick in your mind. You must, you know, have something mm. to show to someone else. Mm. Um, like, yeah, bro. that just, that just goes to his architecture background, I guess, um, with how important planning is. Um, yeah, okay. Kels. Yeah. I'm, I'm basically just saying that like he's really like on another level bro because i don't think i'd ever go as far as like making a poster for like whatever i'm planning you know i feel like whatever i have in my head like you know i can you know (laughs) take from there but like his planning bro like yeah like even in that documentary really takes you like he wants you to like you know he really puts in the picture of like what he wants to happen bro you know what i'm saying like yeah his way of thinking is really something else bro like yeah i i really wish i had his work rate yeah Mm. Mm. yeah work work rate work ethic Mm, yeah um, yeah bro so but then that's what i'm saying about the guy that's just that's just how his brain worked because like if your brain naturally works like that and it just tells you so in order for me to actually stand up and go pick up a glass of water reason a is this reason b is that reason okay let me just explain that process and then now it sounds like a plan but then his brain like well when he used to describe it in lectures it's that he has a process for everything and when he gives you the process it's just it sounds like he's like breaking it down to you but like even when he worked on the tin he was literally just stripping it apart to see what goes on within the shoe like how is the shoe actually made so when yeah. he tells you how the tin is made, he's basically telling you how the sh- like when he tells you how the tin is designed, he's basically telling you the deconstruction of the actual shoe that was made by Nike a long time ago that you know. So when he writes A in inverted commas on the Air Force One, he's basically telling you that oh they put in air particles onto this part and that's what i found out while deconstructing it but then now because he's visual he's made it into a visual and put it on the shoe now it seems like a design or something planned but then yeah. he was like he was just deconstructing the whole thing it's like it's kind of a genius mind in a certain way yeah. there was this there's also this um interview i watched with who he did with tim blanks um who's the owner of business of fashion well the editor at large of the business of fashion he told tim that his ideas are basically always simple it's like it's something so simple that you can you can if it's something so simple that you've never thought of then it's a great idea but if it's something so simple that you know then that's when it becomes a bad idea. So he's always like on that line that I'll do something so simple. People look at it, they won't necessarily be shocked by it, but they'll be like, well, damn, that was a good idea. Because either 10 could have been a flop. Yeah. Nike shoes could have been a flop. I think it was part of the fact that it was still, they were still recognizable like Nike shoes at the end of the day. Um, see they had that, that accent of Virgil Abloh um, exactly and that's what made it so good um, mm. 
because the idea yeah it makes sense the way you explained it would see every idea of his is like deconstructed mm. but put together you know because mm. um, when you look at the 10 you're looking at like sneakers which were like it it it's it's recognizable <laughs> sneakers they're not so far changed where um it's unrecognizable like oh it was we bought a jordan one day or it was mm. we bought an emx day that's still an mx um yeah and and i think that's that's everything with virgin Abloh. Um, um and that's the way like design is going now where you have like your basic your basic item but it's just elevated just a little bit um and that's what we're seeing that's the design trend that i'm seeing currently um as we move on into the future um what i wanted to speak about was just how many projects this man was working on at one certain time like he had like so many fucking projects like it's so important having a good team of people that you can trust with your ideas to execute mm. them properly and he got looked down for that when early on in his um in the days where he was still working with off-white and louis vuitton trying to get both fashion houses you know in a place where he wanted them he got criticized for having like a big team Utsiwa, there was a number number of designers that were rumored around 150 and people found that to be like whoa he's not doing it by himself like of course he's not doing it by himself the man is like running the show um mm. very important to have like a good team um behind you when you're starting something people that you can trust i really believe that like they were all executed um properly because he was you know the you know he was the one like running everything like i see him as that person okay fine there's many projects but he's still like you know largely involved in everything he's doing you know what i'm saying because mm. you could like, easy, you could easily leave, like leave up something for like you know for your team to do i mean there's a percentage that they won't correctly like you know executed to the way like you know you wanted to but like i really believe that everything like he did he was largely involved in it you know another thing is that here's the thing right people could criticize you for doing that but it's like if you ask anybody that is doing shit solo or doing everything alone it's probably because Champe, they're thinking processes or conceptualizing works slower than Virgil's one did, right? Because with him, he was working with like 1,000 people to get his ideas executed. At the end of the day, they were his ideas. Mm. Mm. And at the end of the day, they needed him to be there to actually say, okay, this idea is executed properly. So if he gets to a place and the idea is not executed properly, he has to then direct that person and tell that person, no, do it like this. Like people have this crazy, this crazy um, concept of if you are a designer, you you have to be the person that holds oh, the materials. Exactly. Hey. You're the one sitting on the machine and whatnot. That's, that's, bro if you actually make it to that level you you will never touch an snl again like a sewing machine you will never ever 
like that's what that's what i don't know what other people are striving for but that's what i'm striving for i'm not trying to be sitting behind a machine just because i'm a designer like when you see that happening on documentaries like what's the south african designer David okay we'll use it david he's an old he's a he's an old reference but yeah let's use the term let's say the term like if you see if you see Utebe on a documentary and you see him on Kampabem visit home, he, he he really doesn't do that anymore. That's just that's early just days. like uh, early days. No, that's they they just doing that to you because the uh, because of the yeah. aesthetic, you know. Yeah. Because that's what people like to see, and that's like they trying to push that story as well. Exactly, it's like yo, I'm mm. so in touch with the product, but like he is in touch with the product, but he doesn't necessarily have to touch the product, bro. But he studied these things, like he went through school, like and Virgil also technically studied fashion because he was interning at Fendi. So maybe when he was at Fendi, he used to buy those materials. He used to touch them. He used to hop out with the machines. But when you get to that level, like once you out of school, bro, and you get the job, like I've been a, a couple of a couple of years now and I haven't touched an SNL since. Like <laughs> I've never touched a sewing machine since because that's not my job. But when you're learning you have to learn how the product is made so when you have an idea and you go to the person that's decided to become a machinist you can tell them listen that's not the that's not the stitch i want i think there is a i think there is a i just want to like pursue this conversation a bit um Mm. there is a level of craftsmanship which you learn from knowing how to solve it um i think it is important as a designer which was like like have the skill um not necessarily that you're going to use it all the time because if your if your project gets that big if your fashion house gets that big that you can't touch every product but early days you have to know how to you know make shit um yeah i yeah i mean i mean i don't i don't think you do eh? like okay Mm. not i don't think you do physically but I think you do need to know how the actual process works. So, like, yeah. if you know, if you know what a what a top stitch is, what a safety stitch is, and like, uh, you know, like what a single stitch is, like a cover seam, all of that. If you if you know your materials, the machines, the basics, so that when you're talking to people, that you want to make a suit or a certain dress made in some kind of way so when you have to describe it to them that yo i want my shit done like this and that and that and that and that that's all it's important for in actual fact but you yeah. don't like, that's what you, i was sorry that's what i was trying to get at is that like you can't be the coach of manchester united you know that's what i was trying to get at with like you have to at least like be able to articulate um yeah, know what's going that's, on that's the right word but you can like you can you can you can coach in manchester united if you're a good tactician and you know the proper wording for ball and you know what it takes to make a good player you don't necessarily need to play the football yourself mm-hmm. you get what i'm saying anyway back yeah. to v um <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just want to ask um 
Like, do you guys feel like um, his appointment at like um, um, at LV, like really gave like streetwear like the breakthrough for where like it is today? No, <laughs> you don't think so? Nah, I think Off White did that. Off White. I think yeah. I think I think this is hard because like I I watch it like I'm tapped in, and I don't want I don't want to take any credits away from HBA, which is Hood by Air, right? Yeah, because hood by hood by air did a lot. Yeah, but yeah. before before Off White was even on the scene, before Pyrex. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But like hood by air basically was almost it, but then it stopped at a point. And for Off White to actually carry it on and take the baton from what hood by air could have actually done for the industry to take it all the way is more commending than what 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 shane and hba did way back then so for me like where streetwear is now what they call sports lux in the luxury fashion <laughs> industry because they don't they they hate the word streetwear so they say it's sports lux or whatever you know? yeah but so, so for 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 street where to actually get to 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 a point where it is now, I believe that off white is 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 what actually um, did it for the street wear scene. Yeah, but, but as soon as well, my opinion is as soon as off white got there, they realized that okay, these people don't like the word street wear, so let's flip it to something else let's leave streetwear as a culture the clothes will be sports lux yeah, well. yeah. so okay. regardless of a break like regardless of like a breakthrough like um and where it is today like do you think his appointment had any effects like on streetwear um his appointment it, it's it, i think it was just louis vuitton because because the lvm is very good at spotting where the crowd is going next so i think it was just it was just louis vuitton and the lvmh group knowing muti this is what's going to take over next the next people that are going to be basically buying shit and wanting to buy clothes want yeah. this off-white product so let's get the guy that makes off-white and then yeah i i just think like there's a lot of stuff that happened in between that had nothing to do with Virgil um, that just made streetwear the way that it is today um, there's a lot of things that could be accredited um, for making it the way that it is did Virgil going to yeah definitely look look at the first the first show he did like that was a lot of streetwear influence um, look at the way Louis Vuitton men's wear was before and after Virgil. Look at look at how, like, Virgil really made his own Louis Vuitton within Louis Vuitton. Like, the mm. runway shows have been insane, um, and I've watched the majority of them. Um, so yeah. if we're if we're talking about streetwear, I think Virgil moved away from it. Maybe after his like first show, he moved away from like doing like streetwear, and like really elevated the looks and really ele- elevated the runway sets. Um, and so, like my point being, like to answer your question directly, I think there's, yeah, there's a lot of other things that made it the way that it was, and how the internet is moving and everything that's going on. Mm. Um, 
um, that that broad street wear to the forefront. I think Virgil was a very important piece of that. How big of a piece? I'd say like thirty five percent. You know, mm. yeah, just thirty five. Yeah, cool. A nice thirty five percent, bro. Because there's a lot of shit that's happening, like shit. Um, and I think like the way people dress now is just is just akin to streetwear. It's like it's like skateboarding in the nineties wasn't cool, or skateboarding in the nineties was considered rebellious, and yeah. then in the two thousands, it's like it's, it's like this cool wave, and now like skateboarding is amazing. It's, it's the coolest shit, but it doesn't have that streetwear. Like we've lost the heritage of it um, because of its. How can I say? Like it's uh, so wait, you corpor- feel the same? it's corporatization, you know, the corporatization of streetwear. The fact that you could go into H and M, you can go into Mr. Press and find like cargoes and like what kids are trying to wear. Like, yeah, it's it's, I mean, it's uh, lost its essence. I mean, uh, I feel like the whole reason, the whole reason why streetwear has even lost its essence is because the people that actually have established it and in a way kind of like brought it to the forefront which makes sense yeah you can say you can say 35 percent but everybody that was part of streetwear 99 tends tends to actually ditch it when they go corporate which is why streetwear is kind of like what it is now like we know it's streetwear. we look at it and say yo that's street but the establishments never let the people that actually were a part of the streetwear culture call it streetwear once they go corporate which is why at some point virgil was caught saying streetwear is dead you know what i'm saying which is why um, James Jabia, the owner of Supreme, Supreme, doesn't want to call a Supreme streetwear. It's like, mm. but but like we know it's streetwear, we can tell it's streetwear. So why are you actually just ditching it? It's like because corporate and like luxury houses and basically the establishments have painted the word streetwear in a certain way now they believe that in order to become successful you have to like kind of remove that name from your branding which which makes sense because it doesn't to me who's actually who's actually who's actually buying the products like it's still you'd still the old money buying the price not new money new money still has a long way to go in my opinion Uh, but then that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying it doesn't make sense to me Maybe it's because of the pricing ranges or whatever, but to me, I feel like I feel like streetwear still needs to be established as something that's like that's a business as well. That's corporate, kind of like rap and hip hop. In you know what I mean? Yeah. Can I just yeah. clarify this one thing about streetwear before it slips my mind? It's like if a person was a hip hop was a was a hip hop rapper or hip hop artist when they finally blow up and make it to the mainstream they decide to call their music pop when it's actually hip hop i don't find that example in all like types of in all the rappers i mean i feel i feel like no they don't do it like no rappers do it but it's that's like what i'm saying that's what i'm trying to get at that's what that's what most designers and founders of clothes like clothing labels that were streetwear do you know what i actually want to 
I actually want to go back to the point where I was saying we would say like 35%. Virgil was true. Virgil was true to his um his uh, his roots. I know this because I've seen him skateboard inside the Louis office. I've seen videos of that. I've seen mm. Virgil bring skateboards onto the runway um, mm. multiple times. Um mm. and when I was listening to Bliss Foster today, it was just like the vision of Virgil, like it's not seven different shows that he gave us. Um, but it's one big show. Um, I'm speaking specifically about the Louis shows. Um, that they're all speaking to one theme, and that's boyhood. And that's trying to be a child as much as you as much as you can, you know, in your adult life. Um yeah. the use of color was insane. When I when I even look at like the oversized coats on most of the like maybe the winter four items, most of the coats that he produced were extremely oversized. And I think that speaks to the story of like if it were for grown adults, it would be fitting, right? It would yeah. be fitting. And if you look at the coats, we would see how big they are. It goes to back to that theme, we would see like it's like a kid going into their dad's closet and looking and trying on the coats and the coats is oversized. So he was trying to play towards that theme of like boyhood and playing and that's why the skateboards were important. Um, the use of color, you know, it's really yeah. amazing what that man did, you know. Uh, I don't know what the Louis budget looks like, bro, but <laughs> yo, it feels like every show, every show was like really executed to the best level. Mm. Yeah, that's mm. true, bro. I mean, ah, a guy was a perfectionist to an extent. Not necessarily a perfectionist, but he knew how to play out his ideas. It's like he had a concept for what he was trying to do. And then as he was going, he was just ticking boxes. He was just like, okay, 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 okay. Which is inspirational, bro. Mm. Which is inspirational. Like, it's crazy, man. Sorry, like, yeah, in my perspective, he's, like, really, like, you know, one of, like, the coolest kids, bro. Because, like, that nigga in that document had, like, a C-through CDJ, bro. And I was like, where the hell do you get that, dog? And, like, cu- that was designed that one is, that by one, him. That was custom made, boy. That one, you can't touch that one. <laughs> I was actually been thinking, I'm like, damn, where is, like, where is that even now since he's, like, not even with us anymore? Bro, like go scroll, go scroll the his his Instagram. Though there's a lot of little projects that niggas don't know are out. Um, yeah, that you could actually buy. Buy the Instagram profiles. Christ bro, me. there's so many Instagram profiles on the on the website on his website on the official website. There's so much shit on Christ there, bro. Me. Like niggas don't understand. Trust um, me, from visuals to art itself. So visuals was uh, oh, I can't remember this page, but then I know the art page was um, Canary Canary Yellow. Yeah, uh, Alaska Alaska was I think that was architecture. That was, that was the music page from my perspective. No, no, I think can't be Alaska Alaska Doug. So these Alaska, pages were ordered by him. Well, yeah. To a certain extent, it was him and some of the people that he was in the design group with. And then there was another one. The special project was basically like a BTS into the Louis Vuitton. 
into the Louis Vuitton project. Uh, yo, bruh, there was so many, Doug. So many, bro. There's like so a lot. Many. And then all the off-white stores had their own Instagram profiles. Depending on like which state they're in or like or which country they're in, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Depend- yeah. yeah. So depending on which um, country they're in and if it was America and if there were, if there were two stores in one country it would depend on which city it's on so it was pretty cool bro it was amazing though. it was amazing to watch and at the end of his career to be remembered like that the reason why we're titling this episode hip-hop designer is because that's how they chose to remember him at the grammys and i thought that was so fucking disrespectful um Bro. Man is more than just a hip hop designer, and obviously Bro. we know now. Would see the word hip hop is like saying the n word. It's like saying you're a nigger. <laughs> yeah. Um, and from being an architect, an artist, a designer, a friend, a human being, that's how they choose to remember him at the greatest stage, you know, in music. Um, Bro, after what you've done, Bro. Um, Bro. That was the most saddening thing. Uh, and yeah, we had to name it Hip Hop Designer because this is our thoughts on Virgil. I think one of you gents wanted to say something. Yeah, bro. Like, yeah, I know the Grammys was bad disrespectful for that. It made a lot of people mad. But then mm. what, do, what, what, what do you expect from, again, the establishment? They don't know, they don't know anything about this. And sometimes it's like they do it on purpose. It's like, you know this guy did way more than this. Like, you know this guy did way more than this. If you guys know music, um, you guys you guys gave Kanye West a Grammy for My Beautiful Twisted Dark Fantasy, right? Wasn't he the creative director for that album? Like, you know what I mean? Like, to actually, like, if you know music, then you know this guy. And I mean, they did the same with um, Tyler as well for Igor, like, you know, like when they just like put him in like a rap category and like none of those songs are like hip hop beats at all, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's rapping like in all of them. Like, I mean, not not even all of them, bro. Like he's singing majority of that album. Niggas pouring his heart out singing, bro. And they still like felt the need to box him in like a hip hop category, like, you know. But then that's album, just the Grammys. That's why. Yeah, that, like that's what I'm that's saying. Why, like in Doya, it's their trend. Yeah, that's why they're losing views. <laughs> it's 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 part of the reason why people will rather follow. They're on their phones now. They're on TV. Um, people are moving towards a space where um, we're we're more influenced by shit that we see other people do than what establishment establishments push on us. Mm. And yeah, I really love everything that Virgil did. I've I've followed the the journey from Pyrex when Virgil was printing on Champion. On mm. was it Champion or Gilded? I'm, I'm it was Champion. Sure. Champion, Champion, you know, yeah. Champion hoodies, the Pyrex. The, the transition from architecture to fashion itself is crazy. Like, he never um, really wanted... I can't say he didn't want to do it, but he never really got even in touch with architects until until he got into I think, fashion. Like, I he went the heard. other way around. Yeah, I think he went the other way around because he started with, like, creative directing for EA, then into fashion, and then, like, a whole lot of architecture stuff came along. 
which were basically like project designs that he was doing for his stores and then yeah it was also oh he also applied a lot of architecture when he was doing installations for his shows for his art show for his arts um for his arts and stuff so yeah it's crazy um, i yeah. just wanna i also just wanna add on to like the remark of like how inspiration this guy is because like it's crazy not a lot of people give you the blueprint or give you a helping hand on what it takes for you to do when you're working on anything it can be music it can be um, art that you're painting on installation at a gallery and like or bread not a lot of people will give you their process and give you how they started or reference their journey like that and they don't have to they don't have to you know because they they they're working on it so hard themselves but yeah carry on so yeah for for a guy of that stature to do that is 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 actually important yeah well it was also very important for him to do it so that a lot of us that actually have ideas like that know how to start know where to look to and be like okay this guy did it like that how can i do it to make it work for me you know what is what is it that i have to offer that that nobody else can actually see like what 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 am i going to bring that is new you know what i mean because like with him actually giving us his blueprints and showing us how he done done everything that he's did there was a lot of that there was a lot of i feel like within his cheat codes that he gave people it was also apply your own logic yeah how would you do it if you had to you know what i mean yeah and with Um, a lot of people like um like within the industry it's just like a thing of like um you know they have that sense of like they made it so they're gonna have like ego like when you approach them and stuff you know or they're gonna Mm. gatekeep and stuff you know so like Mm. it's really not Mm. easy to like approach people because they're gonna like you know act some type of way if you approach them so it's really mm. it's crazy for someone like on that statue would say like yo someone like virgil can just like you know um go work with like somebody on instagram has like 500 followers and he's like the only nigga like that's following him bro like you know and just share ideas mm. with that person in our eyes in society's eyes in the youth's eyes that's a nobody bro but like you know mm. just for him to do that like with somebody's crazy bro like he's really like you know all about working and spreading ideas and not gatekeeping like bro even an, a person like me i've i have a certain level of gatekeeping like you know yeah it's gonna like go like and mingle with everybody but bro just mingling with everybody and just connecting on like the basis of woods like it's yeah it's really crazy bro like it really but for me it also comes with knowing good products bro Mm. like if you know good products and you acknowledge what good product is you will get drawn into it and he was one of the few people that was honest about what good product is and i guess what's not good products because anything anything that virgil worked on was never like any collaboration he did was never a product that you could look at separately from virgil and be like this is not a good product yeah you know what i'm saying like every time he worked with a product it was it was 
something that was good you know what i mean so any into that i think we need to apply solely here in south africa okay let's double it down a bit in durban we need to actually know what good product is Mm. And if we know what good product is, we also need to acknowledge it and promote good product. Mm. Not mm. only good product, but also good design. Hence, good designers and whatnot and whatnot and whatnot. But it might be impossible to do that if you if you're not as open-minded, <laughs> which might no. sound like a which might sound like a diss to a person that knows that they act like a gatekeeper but it's the actual truth if you gatekeeping good products just because you feel like oh shit this might actually fuck me over or whatever dude what are you doing yeah, yeah. you know what i'm saying what are you doing like there's a lot yo we had this talk about this community the last time but there's a lot that needs to be worked on in this community as a whole which is something virgil actually said in one of his interviews as well i think it was the same one with um Angelo Buck the 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 one he did on the Zoom meeting with the students what he said was if you try to start something or movement and just say it will just be you alone you're going to be the one that's pushing and you basically trying to outbest any everyone around you and you don't acknowledge the people that well in my opinion have like good product that are trying to come with you and are basically part of your same community then all the noise that you are making will not be noticed but mm. if there's a community making a bunch of noise at the same time at the same place then people are going to start seeing that yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah you know what i'm saying but if it's That's- just one person making one noise yes there are people that are going to hear you but eventually they're going to stop listening because one person can't make enough noise for a person to completely turn around and say okay something's going on yeah that's basically what we're trying to do here at step a um just to drum up that noise a lot more or the noise that you're talking about um for flair for happy club for all the brands you know i want the, the the conversation about Durban needs to needs to really get bigger. Um, mm. It's 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 quite disheartening listening to Make a Plan podcast, and it's quite disheartening when you just hear Joburg Cape Town, Joburg Cape Town, like yeah. it's Joburg Cape Town back and forth. There's no Durban, Singapore. It's a mm. city that doesn't exist. Yeah. Like I know, I've seen, um, and it might be the fact that the Durban economy and the Johannesburg and Cape Town economy just are on different labels um, or maybe it's just the fact that niggas from our side of the city outside of the country just don't know how to spend their money um, well I mean there is a refuge there is a flair so I mean people but like that's the conversation it gets it gets a bit annoying you know it's because um, there's no evident community there. yeah mm. yeah there's, there's um, like like we know that there's a community but the other people don't know that, that there is a community because as soon as we get on instagram it's everybody for themselves <laughs> yeah true 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 like yeah 
and there's no way for them for them and there's no way for them to know because Mona they on the other side so when they look they can't see a community they just see this one person that just that just happens you know what I'm saying that just happens to be from Durban exactly you even know the people within the community in Durban mm. bro ah there's too many split up communities bro like everybody's mm. working on their own like you know shit <laughs> like i heard this about cape town what the abandu are very very nice in cape town i heard that about cape town hey, bro, maybe i should just go live in cape town <laughs> like Durban people, you know, you're not as approachable. Um, that could be something. Mm. Hey man, um, I I I I will talk for myself, but I know I'm a very approachable person. Yeah. Uh, I try to be nice at all times to whoever I'm speaking to, no matter who that person is. It's just if you show the same interest as I show, it's like shit. Let's go, bro. Double if they. Another thing is like if you don't know enough, people aren't willing to teach you now. It's like yeah. if you're not on this level, you can't sit on this table. But I guess it might be like that everywhere. But like I don't. Anyway, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't think so, bro. Like I feel like, ah, bro. Sometimes you don't even have to be at that level, but like your 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 talent or like what you're able to do, what you're able to execute, like you know. Mm. Some people, bro, it's really like like their work, you know, that speaks for them. Not necessarily oh, like you know how they, yeah, not necessarily how they move or like how they dress and stuff, you know. Like yeah, like I feel like their work like speaks for them like a lot. Like just to see that like that type of thing, which is like damn, I feel like that's a lot, bro. That's like some dope shit. You know what I'm saying? But then this, well, it also goes back to just like conversations mm. you need to talk mm. to a person bro bro you need to talk and and yeah like, you need to talk to a person and then and then another thing is that kanye west has never ever ever put his product into the hands of a person that doesn't yeah so he knows something <laughs> all right so yeah man that's basically my whole take on on virgil you know crossing it breaking it down to the influence he's had on us here the way we view product the way yeah. we make product mm. yeah. the way um, we decided to interact with each other you know what i mean yeah speaking about products um we plan to make product we plan to put out good product um this is the season finale as you might see um and it's important just having this conversation about Virgil. Tell us you want to say something? Yeah, I'm saying this is the last like for the season. Like, yeah. Um, I'm just like thinking about the time. Like, Crave is still like, ah, bring back step here, you know? Like, yeah. Um, we we'll find that at the end of the season, you know? Like, yeah. Um, I met up. I met up. I met up with um, a huge fan of like step here. Always takes their time when they see me to like, you know give me like some like you know some feedback and how the season's going um mm-hmm. one of the things you mentioned was he loves um the the, the the topics how diverse they are you know from yeah. the, the 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 friendship um episode we had with them paul shout out to paul um to the 
to the to the music episode we had not music necessarily but like the 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 episode we had with um apple like you know with the i the archive extent you know but like he was basically just saying he really loves you know that diversity you know he yeah, likes man. how we don't just keep it like on you know so shout out to all the people who actually took the time to listen to us you know like yeah i really like appreciate everybody who took the time to listen to everything you know um yeah there's more coming for you so just stay tuned man like yeah yeah the show's not over the season is though um yeah we got more seasons coming for you um we're gonna make some few adjustments clean up a few things and come back with a better product next season um, stay tuned for season three and in terms of products uh, just stay tuned uh, the start pay page will be popping up with something um, but I want to say shit, shit shit in the works we got shit in the works shit in the pipeline um, mm. we just need to get the get the ball rolling on a few things and you know one will become two and two will become three Miranda thanks for joining us I think it's important talking about V on this last episode just because of the influence you know the show is the way that it is because you know people like me many other influences i mean for me really it's like full circle right doing the pre-show and then being lucky enough i was was thinking about that as well i was thinking about that as well i was thinking about that as well full circle full 360 man and yeah man everybody should really watch out for the product i'm gonna put it out there for everybody as well the product is just an extension of the wonderful words everybody has been hearing here mm. not to say it's actual merchandise of star pay radio but it's star pay as a brand standing alone yeah. which is which is something very important so if you love this show and you love what you've been hearing and like how the guys have been articulating themselves you're gonna love the product i love i love i love love what like how you use that like as in like you know the words you hear here like you know like you know you're gonna love the products as well yeah yeah that's the truth Mm. Like yeah, bro. Whatever you get, just whatever you're gonna get, like the product, bro. Mm. Yeah, you guys should really stay tuned, man. Like it's the truth. Quality products, man. Hopefully, it won't be too long in the of a wait. But yeah, let's get into these songs. Um, Of course, season three. You guys know by now. We have like songs at the end of the episode. Today, since we were speaking about Virgil, um, we've got we've got for the theme Virgil's favorite song um, from your perspective. Yeah, that's another. I can you go first? I need to go now. Yeah. This song. Wow, bro. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. okay. I want to go now. I'm sorry. This nigga, now. like, bro, can you believe? Like, I told this nigga, like, I don't have the fuck, and you don't like that. But oh, it's cool. Crazy. I thought, I thought <laughs> by now it's been an hour. It's been like more than a nah, nah, it's crazy. Cool. Um, I'm gonna put on, I'm gonna put on New York Times by like Bobby Humphrey. Like yeah, yeah, New York Times by Bobby Humphrey. Um, it's from, it's from, it's from Satin Doll. Like yeah, number one. Like yeah, of Satin Doll. 
Bobby Humphrey, New York Times. Yeah. Uh, Luanda. Um, so the song I'm choosing, I'm not sure whether I'm pronouncing it right. Apex Twin, April 14th. April 14th. Mm. The first time I learned of V was when I heard my beautiful Twisted Dog Fantasy by Ye, which released in 2012. This song is one of the songs that was actually sampled onto that album. And since he was the creative director there, I have this belief of maybe this guy was actually there listening to the samples. Or maybe he was the guy that paid, played this sample for you. And I was yeah. like, yo, you should, you know. <laughs> so it's that logic. But it's a, it's a very nice song. I'm not going to mention which which song um, it's sampled. But when it gets to the end or like while you're listening, you're going to be able to hear, it's, oh shit, it's this song. But yeah, cool. Mm. Um, Man. I've heard Virgil play this song so many times. Uh, on the first runway show, we played it on Televised Radio 2. No, Televised Radio 1, he played it. I've heard him play it on the the mix, the jazz mix, where he was asked by High Snow Biden to play a jazz mix. Um, mm. The greatest fucking band, the greatest fucking jazz band of our time, Bad Bad Not Good. Mm. Um, this this song, bro. I I love this song. I love when I hear this song. Um, it's off their it's off their third album, I think. Um, it's called Ivy. Um, I've heard mm. Virgil play this song so many times, and to me, it means a lot to me. I I love hearing that trumpet. It's loud, you know, in the beginning. It starts off very fucking loud, and then it just quietens down throughout the song. Um, and I think you know. It, 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 it's it's a beautiful song. It sums up Virgil's work perfectly. Um, yeah, that's my song for today. Bad, bad, not good. Ivy, mm, oh, crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Um, we'll be back with season three. <laughs> we'll be back with season three. Showcase sure, stop here, radio.